Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Jim Kawakami. Jim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here at TK Show, recording from the home studio. Very, very glad to have on as my guest. I have I think maybe the most frequent guest of the TK show. I shouldn't say that because then you'll say, okay, I don't need to be on anymore. But I do think this this next guest might be the most frequent, at least maybe the best one. I hate to praise him like this while he's on, but it's the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr. Steve, how you doing today? I'm good. You you probably say that to all your guests. I do. It's true. It's true. They're all the best. They're all like my children. <laughs> nobody's my, nobody's favorite. And we were just chatting before beforehand. I don't like pull for any like results. I pull for the story. I pull for the angle, but knowing I had Steve on, I know when you had on, uh, I had you planned to be on this morning. I was sort of okay with the Warriors not losing by 40 points last <laughs> night. to Doris. I'm sure that was a major momentum thing for you, right? You're like, I, we got to win this game. I'm, I'm going to be on Tim's podcast the next yes, day. Yes. Yeah. That's what I was thinking at halftime. <laughs> Although you, 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 you made a good point before we came on, perhaps you would have gotten to, um, the unplugged version yeah. of me had we lost that game. And I don't know, maybe that would have been good for the podcast. Not good for me, but <laughs> maybe good for you. It would be good for content, Steve. Always right. got to go for content. You were a past podcaster. You know that. Uh, this has been a weird season. I mean, every season has its own life. But, you know, obviously, you, you know, you had weirdness at the beginning. You lost early. Come, you know, steady it a little bit. Guys in and out. Do you think you have a feel for the season by this point, Steve, maybe with Gary Payton coming back? Is is there kind of a comfort level maybe finally with what you have going on this season? Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've felt things coming together. We look more like a two-way basketball team more often now than we did um, even a few weeks ago. Um we're not there yet, obviously. I mean, we we um, we're not consistent enough, but I th- I think we know we're capable of getting where we need to be, um, and getting Gary back is is a huge help. It gives us that that extra defensive stopper, and Kaminga has come so far at both ends of the court that. Um, it's uh, we can we can really count on him to you know in, in cases like last night to guard you know Brandon Ingram uh, to guard the best guy but also to be in the right spots offensively and to play off of our other guys and to to understand what he needs to do to be effective um, and it's it's not easy when you first get to the league without much experience this stuff goes so fast right in in, in front of your eyes everything happens so quickly and. So I do feel like J.K. is um, getting more and more comfortable, and that's that's making us much better. Yeah, and we, I think we've talked about this before. To come in as a youngster, and we know we didn't have college, uh, and you know maybe not the longest background basketball, and then just drop into this team, right? This team doing the stuff that you're doing, point five basketball, all those things. Um, can, can you like say, okay, Jonathan, I don't have to worry about you anymore. Or there's still times like you have to, okay, I got to watch what he's doing here just to make sure that he's in the flow. 
Oh no, we 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 got our eye on him all the time. Um, but he 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 is now doing things instinctively that he wasn't doing even a few weeks ago. I think so. Th- these last couple of months have been so good for him. Um, uh, there was a good example of it early in the game. We had a, a possession against New Orleans that kind of bogged down. He got the ball. He he actually got the ball open for a three early in the possession, and. A month ago, he would have shot the ball, and it wouldn't have been the right shot. And last night, um, this was first quarter, I think, he swung the ball, he ran into it, got the ball back, ran into a DHO with Steph, dove to the rim, or actually faked the DHO and and dove right to the rim and laid it in. It's like, that's that's the play. You know, that's where you make the defense have to work, make them make some decisions, and then you use your athleticism to get to the rim – rather than just stand there and, and shoot a three because that's the shot the defense wants you to take. Yeah, but at least you make the defense move, right? They have to right. you know, like react or not react, whichever way, uh, make them make a decision. Uh, yeah, right. you mentioned two-way. Like, yeah, the defense is definitely, you know, you can see it. Your defense is definitely perked up, even even on the road a few times. Uh, I've looked at it. like It does look like you have, like, sometimes more defensive-minded players and you've got offensive-minded players out there. You know, we saw the the offense bogged down against Minnesota maybe a little bit in the first Mm -hmm. half last night. Does that – do you – are you feeling that a little bit? I mean, I mentioned it to you at the pregame, like, you know, Dante not shooting all the time. Uh, Certainly the way the defenses play, Kaminga, they play, you know, Lakers and others play way off of them. Would you rather have it that way too, where you've got more defensive options out there, or are you still kind of mixing? Like, I got to get some offense in there sometimes. I always lean defense. Um, uh, you know, my lineups um, usually lean to the defensive side. It's just I've always believed that, uh, especially on the road, if you're if you're just trading baskets, um, you're you're going to have a hard time ever gaining any traction, any momentum. And um, so I, you know, it's one of the reasons we we play Looney and Draymond together so often. I mean, there are they're two of our best defenders. They're our best combination defensively. And despite the the modern change in the game where everybody's putting four shooters out there, um, you know, we don't do that. We don't have that um, that type of personnel. And for us to be great, our defense has to be great. And, you know, we, Steph and, and Clay um, and Jordan, they can allow you to uh, give up some spacing because of their individual talent uh, and their, their skill sets. So you can give up some spacing and make up for it with the, uh, the skill level of our guards. But it, this year, it's all about, you know, finding the right combination. And, and it's obviously been a struggle. Um, you know, but I do feel like the last couple of weeks we're we're getting more comfortable with finding those combinations. Do you think the season got off uh, to a weird? I mean, it definitely was a weird start, but the emotions were a little off mm-hmm. to start the season. Uh, obviously, the Draymond punch a pull. I'm not going to ask you about that specifically, but just do you think the mood of the team was a little off to start the season? For sure, for sure. And um, you know, Draymond would be the first to tell you that that um, that incident. Threw us off off kilter, and um, so it's not anything that that I would shy away from saying um, because Draymond would say it himself. Um, but I think it, that 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 wasn't the the only thing. I mean, I, I think um, 
we spent a good part of the early season, you know, trying to fit uh, a lot of young guys into the rotation. And it was, it felt a little bit like square peg round hole, you know, uh, at times. And uh, we just, we, we went on that five game trip right away early in the season with some very winnable games. We went 0-5. Um, I didn't love the combinations we were throwing out there. We're, we're you know, sort of trying to, to get the young guys in, but, you know, piecing together lineups that maybe didn't make that much sense. So you throw all that stuff together and, uh, you know, we get off to a three and seven start and it doesn't feel right. And, um, you know, we just, we set a poor tone early. Did you like have to change the, or at least alter your thinking when you put James, we'll bring up James Wiseman, uh, or you think like, geez, we have to change the way we play in order to get him going, but do we really want to do that? And it's kind of messing up some minutes. Was that kind of the thought process as this was, not just this season, but over the past several seasons with Wiseman? Well, I think that the thing that we wanted to do coming into the season uh, was establish the, the pick and roll between uh, Jordan and James and just keep things um, simpler and uh, just get James diving to the rim and Jordan coming downhill and, and you know, put shooting around those guys. Um, but it, it was not an easy thing to do. It It, it kind of goes against our DNA that we've built as a team in the last decade. And, you know, you throw different combinations out there and, you know, not everybody is, is um, you know, feeling that rhythm um, of what, what you're trying to do in certain situations. Um, it's just, it's tricky. You know, there's a very fine line in this league between winning and losing. Uh, everybody's got talent. Everybody's really good. So you've got to be fine tuned. You've got to be clicking. And um, there were just too many variables, I think, early on. I mentioned this, at least the middle of the season kind of felt like two years ago when you know you had the rough kind of start and then you put it together, that 15 and five run we've talked a lot about to finish the season. And like there were certain filtering, right? There were some players who really fit with what you were mm-hmm. doing, JTA, and we can all name it. And, and there were some players who got left behind with that. We can name those players. Did it feel a little bit like that? for you this season where you kind of were filtering through some of the people you had and, and really like there was a big separation at times. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and, and I think a lot of teams go through this actually, you know, um, you have to, you have to put together a group that, that makes sense, but you, you don't always know exactly what that's going to look like. And you, you definitely have to give players opportunities to play, um for chemistry purposes and so you i think every team goes through a process of you know testing out lineups uh, giving guys opportunities um making sure you know everybody feels part of it and then as the season unfolds you start to figure out the best combinations and uh and and you hope that your chemistry can can click uh, because of the way you've handled your players and the opportunities you've given them um but it's it's just uh some years it's easier than others last year was really easy you know um i thought bielitsa and porter were the perfect complements to gary payton for example and um you know, Gary is a, he's a six, three power forward, you know? Yeah. So if you want to put Gary out there on the floor, you need shooting around him. And and so we had these two, two bigs with Porter and belly who not only could shoot, but could dribble and pass and, and had great feel. So those lineups just clicked 
Um, and Gary was amazing with Steph. So now all of a sudden you've got all these different combinations that that just clicked. And so each game you you could you could find combinations that that uh, you're comfortable with and you could the game could flow with. And um, so every year is different. Last year, everything clicked. The, this year, it, it, things didn't click. Um, and we've we've had to get to this point and find our way to this point. And uh, we do feel like we're we're clicking much better now. You're certainly uh, not a coach that always throws the young guys out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, Wiseman started from game one. I always do, do point that out. Uh, but uh, and and understandably, is, do you find it hard sometimes? Like, I I don't want to play the young guys if they're going to screw up because Steph and Draymond and Clay have proven it. And what are, I don't want them to have to like go through growing pains with youngsters. What kind of thought process do you have with that? Not, you know, we know the youngsters, we know the, the, the young yeah. players have been in out, but how much is that on your mind? Just, I got these veterans who want to play with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, I, I think um, the hard part for um, for any, any fan or anybody to realize is just how much knowledge and wisdom you need in this league uh, to really impact winning. And uh, I, I remember early in the season, I had dinner with Steph and Draymond uh, on the road, and I asked them each uh, how long it took them in their NBA careers to feel like they could impact, uh, directly impact winning. And uh, Draymond said three years, Steph said four. And, uh, you know, Draymond played four years at Michigan State, Steph played three at Davidson. So for each of them, they were talking about their, you know, seven seasons after they left high school was when they felt they could impact winning in the NBA. You're talking about Hall of Fame players. Yeah. So when you when you get 19 year old guys um, like Kaminga or Moody or Wiseman who are really gifted, um, it, it it just not going to click right away. There's too much uh, information that has to you know be retained. Um, you know, in 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 the human brain, and then and then connect that with the body, and see these pictures over and over again, and then you know fine tune the skill and everything. And then basketball is a five man game; you got to have continuity with your teammates. Everyone's got to be on the same page. So, I just think um, you know there are exceptions, but um, the rule is is generally you know young players have a, a long way to to go to really figure out how to win and 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 to absorb everything you need to know to, to play at this level. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. 
That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I've said this, you've mentioned the 0.5 basketball. Like the one way to get Steve Kerr to bench you is if you fumble the ball when the ball comes to you and you don't know what to do. You right. hesitate. Uh, I've seen players who've been out there and have not been able to do that. And they come right out and they're not with it. it, it do you go? Is that the thing that I mean, traveling? I know there's other things, you know, certainly transition defense, but the fumbling the ball, the not the indecisiveness with the ball. Is that one of your pet peeves? It's the whole game, really, offensively. It is uh, can you can you make a decision, you know, right away in half a second, dribble pass or shoot? And uh, it's really hard when you when you get to the league how fast everybody is and how big everyone is. And so you you have to learn through mistakes and and uh, but once once it starts to to make sense if you have a guy with feel then the pass is going to be on time you know the the drive is going to go in the right direction the shot's going to come um in rhythm but uh yeah if it's if if one guy is not able to to make that decision it it just messes up the entire possession and uh, and you know I, it's funny i i, I hear often you know, the phrase, well, the way you guys play, you know, and as if, you know, we're the only ones who want 0.5 basketball. Like every coach I know wants 0.5 basketball. We Everyone has a little different style. We have a different style with the way Steph moves off the ball and, you know, Draymond um, plays kind of a point center, point forward. So we have a different style, but it's still just basketball. Every coach wants the same thing. You want You want players who have a really good feel and who can make quick decisions and, uh, you know, quite simply just dribble pass or shoot at the right time. I haven't heard you really start talking about the 0.5 specific. I, I know it's always been an element of what you want out of offense, quick decision-making. You've got the players, obviously, and Steph and Clay who can do this and Draymond. But when did this really start honing in for you? Like, this is what I want. Point by, like, was that something you you heard from someone else? Is that something you've kind of honed your – I know it's been thrown out there by other people. When did that really become your emphasis? Well, I learned so much of my uh, basketball from Tex Winter and Phil Jackson in, in Chicago with the Bulls, with the Triangle. And Tex was actually the first coach I ever uh, had who who talked about um, the quick decision making and the importance. But back then it was uh, it was one second, mm-hmm. and you know he would talk about you got to make a decision with within one second. You dribble pass or shoot. And then I think Pop was the one who moved that up to 0.5. And uh, as the game got faster, as the athletes got got better. Um, you know, I think I think that that phrase 0.5 really caught on around the league. But Tex Winter was the first one who ever taught me that concept. And and when you really watch the tape and you and you see players out there who understand it, um, it's the difference between you know the ball being swung quickly enough for somebody to get a shot off, or the hesitation before the pass is over there, and then the defense is rotated and there's no shot. And uh, that's that's the the simplest way to describe it. But what happens in the you know the first three or four passes all leads to that. 
And uh, so if you've got five guys uh, on the floor who who understand that concept, um, and that's what the Bulls were always looking for in the triangle, that's what Pop was always looking for in San Antonio. Um, that's what we're always looking for here. Don't have three or four guys standing in the corner and not moving, right? That's like – when you see that, that is not Warriors basketball. Or, That's or holding the ball. You yes, know? yes. And one of them holding the ball, yes. Yeah, yeah. Or, or not moving to the correct spot. I mean, there's, a, you know, somebody drives um, and you're on the weak side. You got to make sure you're getting to the to an open spot where that driver can find you. Uh, so it's all, all of this I, I, you know, put under that phrase 0.5 because um, – if you drive and I don't get open and then you don't have an outlet, then the, the play stops and the defense catches up. And um, so all five guys have to be in tune. Got to ask about Andrew Wiggins. I know you've been asked a lot and and certainly don't want to minimize what he's going through and the things that you you can't say. But just by the, the, the tone of the way you're saying, are, are you braced for him not to return this season? Well, I mean, we're to the point now where there's there's only five games left, so um, we're just taking things as as they come. And I know we've all talked publicly about you know we're giving Andrew the space he needs to deal deal with something that's incredibly uh, serious and and difficult, and and that's the that's really the only thing that matters. And um, you know, the door's open for him if and when he's ready, and and if not, that's fine too. We all love Andrew, and we're concerned about you know his well-being more than anything, and and um, so we're supporting him. He's fine, you know. He's he's healthy, and he's he's working out. Um, but he's you know he he has to have the space to to do what he needs for his family, and we're we're supporting that. This does seem like a trivial question based on all that, but. It's a real thing. Your basketball team trying to win games, trying to win a championship. Can you win a championship without Andrew Wiggins? I think so. I mean, I I, I really believe in this team. I think the fact that we um, we ha- we traded for Gary and the way that J.K. has stepped up in Wiggs's absence. You know, if you look at last year's team, you know we had you know the two on ball defenders in Wiggs and and Gary, and you know you plug plug J.K. into that Wiggs spot. Now it's not as seamless. Uh, as it was a year ago, because we had a whole season together and we had all that rhythm and continuity. But um, I do feel good about our our chances, you know, just with the talent that we have and the experience that we have. You know, Draymond's mentioned some things specifically. You know, his contract could be coming up. It's up to him. Clay's mentioned he's thinking about he's got two years left on his contract. We certainly know Bob Myers' contractual situation. He's up at the end of the season. I know you're in the middle of it. And this is a big question to ask you, but like, does it strike you that this this might be one of the last times you do this together? This group uh, is that uncomfortable to think about? Is that something you just put out of your mind? I mean, it, it co- contracts are contracts. Like that's that's the right. real thing. Um, in your mind, do you have to think about this? This might be the last go around. Well, we don't know um, what's next. I mean, it, you know, I, it, it, this is not the last dance. You know, like that, that, that was. <laughs> That was, you know, it was made clear uh, in Chicago that that was going to be it. You know, Phil was done and, you know, everybody's contracts were up. That was going to be it. That's not the case here at all. You know, um, I know that that Joe would love to keep this thing going. Um, you know, he's um, he's been incredible in, in his financial commitment to to keep this team strong and relevant for a decade. And, 
he's always committed to that. And so I think there's a, a really good possibility that we, you know, keep things going here. So there's, there's no need to, to speculate or worry about anything going forward because we, we have, uh, you know, plenty to, to concern ourselves with right now, just trying to win and prepare for the playoffs. You know how this documentary cameras roll in for 10 years from now, Steve, that seven parts. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like today we have that anyway. Yes, that's true. That's uh, true. Back then it was, it was kind of weird, but now it's like there's cameras everywhere. You knew, you knew that was happening while, while, while it was going on that, that documentary specifically yeah. or just you did okay yeah you know F phil uh came to us at the beginning of the year and and uh you know told us what was happening and that there'd be cameras you know following us in in a lot of spaces and and it was strange for the first few weeks because phil is normally very private oh yes uh, with yeah. practice i mean you you covered Oof. him in LA. sacred right it's sacred grant a sacred territory sacred, yeah sacred to you know the locker room was sacred and and uh, but i think he recognized that you know th that was a special era and uh michael wanted to do it and uh it was our last dance and you know i think he realized this this was a unique situation and so um after a few weeks uh you kind of forgot about the cameras and and just went about your business but it is pretty pretty cool for all of us who were with that team to to be able to have that uh, documentary to look back at and uh, i watched it with my kids they were so young when that was happening they didn't really know much of anything so it was fun to see it with them there's going to be some documentaries on your team. This one currently, by the way, I don't know if it's going to be yeah. quite like that. There will be, I'll, I'll just, I mean, I know Bob's got his own thing and, and you're not negotiating for him. He doesn't negotiate for you, but is there some concern that Bob will not be with this team after this season? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the fact that he doesn't have a, a contract, um, the, the possibility is there um, that he won't be back. So I think that's obvious. I'm not breaking any, any news. Um, I can tell you without a doubt that, Everybody wants him back. Uh, Bob is amazing at his job. Um, his job goes so much further than, you know, just drafting or signing players or trading for players. It's uh, it's the overall management of the of the of the organization, the way he helps me navigate the season through his communication with our players is so valuable uh, for me. Um, he, Bob is uh, a masterful uh, communicator in every direction and he's a great friend and he and I have uh, so much trust in one another. And uh, so I, I, I hope he's back and I think everybody feels that way and uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Did you see him come down and talk to Draymond during the game in, in a huddle? I, I didn't even know he did that until Draymond was talking about it afterwards. I didn't see it. No. Yeah. But he came down and talked. Yeah, like, you know, okay, you might be right, but don't make it any worse. Uh, does he do that a lot? Does Myers drop in there that you know of? I don't think he does it often during games, but it's it's happening all the time in between games. And and it's uh it's so crucial uh for me to have uh, Bob's support because, uh, you know, I, I'm with the players every day. They need another voice um, besides mine. Um, and I think, I think Bob, the way he manages uh, Draymond, Steph, um, Clay, the way he talks to those guys, they have so much respect for him that um, 
it just it makes my job so much easier. And like I said, we we really try to navigate the season uh, and the you know the emotion and the adversity that our players go through. We we try to navigate that together. And and Bob is is brilliant the way he he communicates with those guys and keeps everything going forward. Asking this out of order. Usually I try to keep this very cohesive, but I forgot one. But we talk about in you know, a little bit of disruption of the early season. And I know your coaching staff is very talented. You've got former head coaches and all that stuff. But the loss of Mike Brown, do you think that was a, a little bit of adjustment, a hit just because of the, the kind of the passion he had specifically on defense? Uh, was there a little bit of a period where you really miss Mike Brown? Oh, for sure. Mike is so talented and had been here for so long. You can't just automatically replace someone that gifted and and who had, you know, that kind of relationship uh, with our players. I think Mike was here seven years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he, the what he built up relationship-wise with our players, I thought perfectly complemented uh, the way I look at things. And uh, he was really, uh, you know, um, a great partner, but it, it was, you know, he, he's got a great opportunity and obviously has just run with it in Sacramento. He's doing so well, but we have a, a, a fantastic staff and the guys in place now are doing uh, such a great job. We have um, a really good group of, 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 coaches who compliment one another compliment me um but um yeah anytime you lose a talented person it's uh, it's it's not easy to replace that person because it, these things build up over years the relationships are everything and uh, you can't just replace someone that easily I thought about what a sacramento warriors playoff round would be like you know going first of all as drama pointed out it'd be great travel wise i'd be in support of the travel but just the emotions of that mike brown you know vivek uh you thought about that at all not much because we're just trying to make sure we get to the playoffs right now and um you know we're 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 in a fight for for uh positioning and uh obviously with the play in that uh you know that that possibility looms, and um, so we're not thinking about it, anything other than just you know win the next game. Survive. You haven't had one of these, Steve, right? I mean, you have not. You've had times when you had to win games at the end to get to a certain spot, but to get in—that's a new. That's kind of a new feeling. Yeah, I mean, you know, two two years ago, yeah, that one, that one, yeah. We finished eighth on the last day of the mm -hmm. season. We beat Memphis on the very last last day to secure the eighth spot, uh, which, you know, uh, up until that point would have, would have put us in the playoffs. And then we lost the two play-in games. So, um, you know, we, we know what that's like. We don't want to be in that position, but um, we got to, we're, we're going to have to finish strong. That Minnesota game was a, a huge loss because it cost us the tiebreaker with them. We already lost the tiebreaker with the Clippers Um you know that we're looking at uh, you know a, a crazy finish here with five games left, with uh, you know everything up in the balance, up in the air. So we just we just got to take care of our our own schedule and see what happens. All right, I'll end this with a version of a question I've asked you many times. I ask all my guests at the end of the show, Steve Kerr, what's your favorite movie right now? Yeah. 
We had a uh, we had a, a screening of a team screening of the movie Air. Mm. Peter Goober, right? Peter Goober. Peter production. Goober. Yeah. So uh, we saw it last week, and um, it, you know, if, if from from growing up in that era um, when Nike was really uh, starting to to come around, and you know, Michael Jordan kind of changed the way um, people looked at athletes and endorsements and, and endorsing products. And, um, it was, it was really a good movie. It's really entertaining, but also fun. It's a period piece. So you've got a great soundtrack of, uh, you know, early eighties music and, and, uh, fun for me because I, I knew a lot of the people, uh, involved, um, in the movie, um, just through my own basketball travels. Did you, did you know Vaccaro? Did you know Vaccaro pretty well? I didn't know. I, I met him, but I didn't know mm. Sonny. Um, but you know, there are a lot of people featured in, in the movie who I, who I knew George Raveling is, is featured in there. And, uh, uh, Howard White, uh, from Nike, obviously Michael and, and, um, you know david falk so seeing seeing all these characters uh depicted um uh, was really fun and uh, I, I thought they did a really good job with with uh, the movie it's a it's a, definitely a fun watch man the battle for the steve kerr shoe had to be right up there right i mean to try to get the kerr sign off yeah converse won that battle my rookie year um they 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 threw a thousand dollars plus five hundred dollars of gear. I'm not kidding, by the way. Wow, thousand dollars cash and five hundred dollars worth of Converse gear that I could order, and uh, I think I I said I'll take it before they even got the <laughs> final offer. Five hundred? Okay, yeah, hundred. I thought they got hundred. Oh, tremendous. Well, Steve, appreciate the time as always. I do want to see area. Peter has mentioned that uh, I didn't even realize he had something to do with the movie, but he was mentioned it to me. So uh, I'm hearing good things about it. I'm glad you mentioned it. Thank you so much for being on the show. As always, Steve, I'm sure I will see you soon. Thanks. Sounds great. Thanks, Tim. Everybody, that's the show for today.